Oh, what's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday morning. Welcome to episode 78 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor, coming at you from Austin, Texas. I'm back home in Virginia. Willie, what's good with you, man? It's almost Thanksgiving, Christian Piles. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you, Willie. I'm glad we could say that, declare that publicly. Yes, I'm thankful <laughs> for Flow Radio Live and... Um, that some of our arguments get to be public instead of just screaming at each other via Skype. Um, I, maybe every uh, like relationship, every husband and wife should just have a podcast and they can argue say, about. Why it. did you just say husband and wife? That was uh, a, that was a weird because you were you were comparing it to a domestic situation. I don't believe that I was. <laughs> I, believe, uh, I believe you made that leap, Willie. I, I just yeah, I just went to that level. You just so, went to that level. That's fine. That's fine. Well, Christian, speaking of beefs, um, there was one last week, obviously, with us, you and I, airing some things out about... Um, Did you say NWA. speaking of beefs with when no one ever said beefs or anything of the like? Yeah, you did. I, you said, I'm glad that our arguments get to be public. That's what Okay, said. all right. I thought you just completely said speaking of something that no one mentioned. All right, so the, it was organic. Good job. That was good. Yeah. So, you know, after last week's episode, obviously going into that, we, we were like, well, there's going to be some there's going to be some <laughs> comments. Right. People are going to feel a certain way, uh, whether it's this way or that way. And um, th- but the, the thing that I got after the, the show aired was that people heard whatever they wanted to hear. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, you know. They didn't. <laughs> they, they, they didn't exactly listen to the show. They they were like, the response was, "Well, it's you guys have an agenda, or this is all about business. This isn't about the actual facts." Uh, I think we made that abundantly clear. Yeah, we we made that point. It's like, yeah, but it's just disingenuous with Arena and this and that. We we were very clear about what our agenda was. Well, um, you're just you're mad at the NWCA for not opening uh, the OPC. Um, because now you have arena. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we are not said. trying to hide that back. That was the best. That was the crazy thing. So we were, we were upfront about it. And, um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, by and large, those, those, um, opinions were kind of few and far between, but the, it was just, it is kind of frustrating to be very clear about your agenda, your intentions and people to accuse you. You have an agenda. Well, yeah, we, we were very clear. Um, but, I mean, and then you say, because we're trying to compete, right? Um, agenda is such a loaded word. Oh, but, totally. But um, does it does it not make the points less or more valid? You know, when people are lying, when, when there's not a level play, playing field, um, <laughs> are those things not true? Because... Yeah. We have a vested interest. Sure, we have an interest. Yeah. Sure, we're interested. Okay, um, but does competition not make all products better? Does not does it not lift all boats? I mean, these things are true. These tenets are true, whether we have an interest or not. It was telling to me that no one really actually refuted anything we said at any, any point. Any Did points, you notice right? that? Like at it, nobody nobody said, "Hey, you're wrong about this." Hey, you're wrong. Yeah. Hey. Uh, that's not true. No, no, nothing was said about the facts. And believe me, people were pro- chomping at the bit to to shoot down what we said. But the problem is, the reason no one's refuting what we're saying is because it was all true. It's all true, guys. So, I mean, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on, on that topic. But obviously, it was a big deal last week. And um, we wanted to get the impression um say what the, the the feedback was uh we'll get into it more there's going to be more stuff coming out about that and um about track track wrestling and so um some of you might be really interested in that others might care less but uh you know if you are interested there'll be more stuff coming out about it yeah and and do we want to just get into the very broad i mean because we kind of mentioned track last time um well here's a I mean, at, at the very basic level, without going into details, and it's really nuanced, is that track feels threatened by 
uh, arena and they're going around and they're, and you know, they know what events we have and they're going to, um, they're going to the events we have and they're lying to the event directors. They know that we have this event coming up and they're calling them up and saying they're lying. You know, they're saying that we stole their, um, uh, technology, which is ridiculous. They're, they're even going to, um, the people that run their events and say, Hey, if you use, if you use our, our clocks on flow events, we're going to shut you out. We're, you're not going to work with us no more. I mean, they're, they're underhanded, you know, and, and they're liars. So, and we'll I mean, get, that's, that's it, it, as Willie mentioned, it's, it's a little more nuanced and a little more legalese involved, but, um, we will have that out here in the, in the, in the near future. So stay tuned for that. But essentially Justin Tritz running around telling complete and total lies about, about flow wrestling. So that's all we'll get into for, for that. All right, let's actually talk about a little wrestling. Christian, not not the biggest of weekends last weekend, but a, uh, for us junkies, a lot to digest, right? A lot to take in. Absolutely, ton of changes um, in the in the rankings. Honestly, maybe not at the at the high end, but uh, I mean, but also yes, there were. I mean, Zeke Moisey loses. Uh, there's some big guys going down. So I, I think there were a lot of changes. The, the duel we watched together, do you want to get into this Ohio State-Arizona State duel? Sure. So we, we're watching this this duel, and Ohio State looked pretty good. Arizona State didn't look bad either. Um, but these these potentially dangerous, can we talk about them a little bit? Well, look, I, I didn't recognize that official, but I was, other, I was watching the duel with other people, and they were like, yeah, he's – Oh yeah, He's officiated NCAA finals. Yeah, I've and seen him a bunch. To me, he looked like he was completely out of his element. I don't know why he would be um, uh, uh, have stage fright for a Ohio State duel uh, right. against Arizona State if he had already uh, officiated NCAA tournaments. But he looked out of his element. I mean, that p- potentially dangerous call against Stoffer was absurd. The calls were bad, and his body language was not. Yeah, and he is a very experienced official, and not one that I've really seen make major mistakes. But what let the the biggest um, moment for me, the weirdest thing, um, and I actually forget which match it was. Actually, refresh my memory. But essentially, in the major, the final moments of a match, uh, a guy's in on the winning takedown, and he passes the leg. Oh, it was Kraus against Cody Bircher, I believe, and. The guy was on his back, Kraus, I believe, and just frozen on his back, but he passed the leg for maybe 20 seconds. And it ultimately gets stalemated. And that's a really inconsistently officiated... I've seen that call, too. When you freeze the guy on his back there, haven't you seen that call, too, a lot of times? I mean, when the guy can't improve and he's stuck on his back, they give two there, but he he went with the stalemate. But at the same time, it gives... It puts the... The officials in a really tough spot. That scenario, don't you think, Willie? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, that's not the that's not the situation that I took issue with. I mean, really? that's a yeah. That, I mean, that was that's an iffy call. I don't know how you legislate that. Is it two? Is it not two? When do you call stalemate? When you know, um, when the guy's trying to pass a leg and he gets stuck there, right? I mean, because the other guy doesn't necessarily have control. Well, I would say if a guy can't get off his back, like he's stuck on his back, I think you are being controlled. That would be my contention. I, like I said, it puts the refs in a tough spot because, I mean, does having the leg does that prevent? Does that mean you cannot be taken out? It's a tough, it's a tough situation. So well, the, okay, so the ones that I really didn't like were um, there was a couple potentially dangerous called that I was like, what is potentially dangerous about that? That's a that's a wrestling move. Yeah, yeah, there were. Uh, Micah Jordan. It occurred in the Micah Jordan match. I think it occurred in the Blake Stauffer match. Yeah, a lot of a lot of potentially dangerous. So that was that was one of the. It was just oddly, oddly officiated in my, in, in our opinion. But Micah Jordan continues to look absolutely he, fantastic. He, I want to say like I want to like really just throw it out that like I think he's going to be in contention for a title. But I also want to see him wrestle. Higher ranked guys, you know. Yeah, which he, uh, but he certainly looks the part. He is, he is supremely offensive. He does not stop shooting. No, he, he which doesn't. Is so refreshing to see. 
He doesn't stop shooting. He goes hard for seven minutes, which you can say, you know, because that's going to be a question with Micah. Not that we've ever, I don't think I've ever seen him struggle with pace no, or gassing, but, but he's cutting down. He's cutting down. But, man, he looks like he can go hard for seven minutes because that's what he's done every match I've seen. Um, so, for Ohio State, with him at 41, with, and I, I mentioned this with the team rankings because we had a little, little shakeup, and Ohio State, I believe, sits at fifth or sixth. But they're the team with the most room to really make a big, big jump. Between, I mean, Micah Jordan is currently ranked 19th, which earns a half a point uh, in the tournament scoring. And Hunter Stieber is unranked, so he's earning zero. So between those two absolute monsters, they're getting a half a point in the ranking. So they they could really make a huge jump. And, and man, Hunter, or excuse me, Micah is really looking the part. And I think, I don't even think this is... Uh, anyone's going to bat an eye, but he's obviously a title contender this year at 141. Do you think so? I think so. Yeah, I really do. I mean, what if, uh, you know, if Dean Heil and Kevin Jack are, I, I think Micah Jordan is. Yeah, I, mean, I do. I do too. You know, the, the odd thing about 141 this year and off air right before we started the show, um, I don't think there's a whole lot of weights that we really like from top to bottom, but 141, I said, this is the funnest weight. Funnest. I mean, not yeah, funnest. Uh, not only the, the odd thing about it is from one to twenty, it's pretty solid, like much deeper than a lot of other weights. But also, there's no clear cut number one, so it makes it ultra intriguing from where I sit. I, I completely agree. And right now, if you're maybe if you could just rank based on this year, you know, just this year, and completely throw out last year, which you can't do, it's ridiculous, but. Joey McKenna might be the number one guy. I mean, he's beaten two former number ones from this year, Henderson and now Goulibon. And, boy, he looked great against Jimmy. I mean, the timing mm-hmm. of, uh, of his shots, I was only able to catch highlights. But, man, he looked powerful and strong and every bit of the part. But, you know, even going down, you know, we've got unranked guys like Brock Zacherl, who, who we really yeah. like. And Rick Durzo's unranked. Right. And, and you're so And you're talking about – Mickey, which is who's ranked 19th now, and you're talking about him being a title contender. So that's the kind of dynamic we're talking about with 141 this year. It's going to be one of those that quarterfinal round is probably going to be insane. Like just coin flips all the way through, and even before, you know, round one, round two, good guys are going to hit. But that quarterfinal, I can't imagine uh, what it's going to look like. We could have you know a a McKenna Jack or a you know who knows Goulibon Heil. I don't know. Just nothing but good matches all the way down. And as that's 41, as frustrating a weight as it is to rank um, because of kind of the stuff we're describing, it, it might be the most fun weight to watch. Now, at what point do you worry about Gulliban? Not yet? Me, personally, um, not yet. And I'm, but I, I'll admit this, I've been high on Jimmy for years now, and people think I've, all, I've ranked him too high. Not just this year, in years past, and I don't care. I think he's really good. I think this this is stuff that's going to happen with Jimmy. I mean, the Shisco loss uh, was a weird loss, in my opinion, and a McKenna loss is not, you know, that surprising because it's, it's Joey McKenna. But he's going to beat some really good guys this year. He's going to beat a, you know, he can beat a Makati. He can beat a Jack or a Hyle. I mean, he can go with all these guys, right? And mm-hmm. is he? He's adjusting to a new weight class. And Willie, I know you don't think anyone should ever go up weight in their lives, but Jimmy's gonna be fine. They're gonna work it out. They're gonna figure it out. I just, I just bet on Penn State. I err on the side of Penn State, figuring well, it out. I, you know, I couldn't have more respect for the way that Penn State gets their guys ready by the end of the year, uh, and and so almost, you know, when you're doing recruiting rankings, sometimes you almost want to give a bump to a guy because he's going to a certain school. Like this guy is maybe the 60th best recruit, but he's going to Ohio state. So I know they coach him up. So maybe I should have him ranked a little higher because odds are he's going to improve, you know? Right. Um, And so the same thing maybe with Jimmy, where like it doesn't, it doesn't look great right now, but Penn state has a track record of come March um, their guys being ready to go. 
Yeah. Uh, so maybe have a little more faith than you would if it was a different program. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget his sophomore year. Everyone was selling all the Quentin Wright stock they had. And I'm like, guys, he's a, he's a talent. He's he's amazing. And, yeah, he lost to, like, Rutt and DeLago, and he lost another one. He was, like, the nine seed or something crazy at Big Tens. And he won it. And then he won NCAs. So I, I just – I just don't overreact to stuff like this because it's just it's been proven that Jimmy's really good, and uh, I'm not going to second guess him him moving up. I mean, at 33 last year, he he lost he had he has stinkers sometimes. That's that's just yeah. Jimmy. That it happens. You know, he lost to Sabatello last year. So well, I'm you know, just not he's gonna moving freak up. Out. He's moving up a weight class, and you have to wonder. Well, will he handle it? Okay. And then he loses a couple matches, and a lot of people, including maybe myself, are like, is this going to work out? Well, he's moving up. We knew this was um, maybe a thing. So, I don't know. Maybe it just takes time. We'll have to, have to uh, see how it pans out. Ultimately, I, I think the, the weight changes for Penn State is, is a huge... Well... It's a huge what? It's, it's a huge win. It's a net win for It's them. a huge win. All right, so... I do not want to second guess anyone, uh, including Kale Sanderson. Go ahead and um, do it. However, 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 we we talked about the situation um, with Oklahoma State and their potential personnel and maybe some lineup juggling and how it would impact them. I mean, last episode or a, a previous episode, we even threw out the. The idea of maybe moving Crutchmer up and inserting Chance at his a more natural way to 65. We talked about Iowa maybe moving Sorensen up and getting Kemmer in the lineup. So I would like, like let's revisit K.L. Sanderson's uh, lineup and maybe you don't want to do that? Oh, no, let's do it. Let's do it. I just uh, I can't wait to hear what you're going to throw out there. Well, the best was last year at the Scuffle, one of my favorite interviews of my life. Um, that I've ever seen is when you asked Kale last year at the scuffle uh, if you if he would pull any red shirts. Nolf, um, who else? Uh, Zane. Zane and and he and he said to you, looked right at you and said, "What do you, you have a plan? You have a plan?" <laughs> it was utterly glorious. I loved it. Yeah, so everyone got a laugh trying, at that one. We're not trying to second guess Kale Sanderson, but we got plan Willie. Uh, I have a scenario. I have a scenario, and and I know that Kale knows better than I do about, and and so does Tom and Terry Brands and John Smith, and they all know better than I do. But it's I it's a fun conversation, right? So, what what would have been the net change if maybe they kept Jimmy at thirty three, they kept Zane at forty one, and they inserted Chenzo at forty nine? Uh well. And that's my that was that's my master plan. Your master plan and just see you later, Jordan Conaway. Adios. Well, thanks uh, thanks for the good times. Well, there you go. I mean, that's the trade off, right? Kale Sanderson is very that staff is very confident with the way they have that lineup set, and Jordan Conaway, who's been an integral part of their team, also gets to wrestle his senior year. So, um, that's that's the difference. I'm just saying, would the points i i'm just saying would the points be maximized with the way i said no um because i i think at 33 they've, they've got a really good shot at placing there and that's you know jimmy maybe i mean definitely the ceiling at 33 is probably higher for jimmy than it is for jordan i, I don't think anyone would refute that but i i also think that the cut was uncomfortable for Jimmy. And you can talk about how you think he's small, Willie. But I think that was a real thing. Maybe maybe not. Um, I think at 41, this is where you want a guy like Gulaban, who can get hot, have a nice draw, and, and has, you know, what if he has, like, his last three matches are like... Maybe, maybe, right? I mean, maybe if he gets hot. I mean, right now where he's sitting, we don't know if he'll place or not. Where, as opposed to if Zane was still at 41... I'm going to say it. He walks through it. But he's going to walk through 49. How do you think that? Because, well, that's my opinion. 
and it could be wrong, but I think I think he goes undefeated. On a confidence scale, does Zane walk, walk through 141 or walk through 149? Zane's huge. Can he even make 41 anymore? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. he, he's a big dude. Did you, have you watched him yet this year? He's enormous. Yeah, I've watched him. Well, I, I think he walks through 41. And I think, listen, you know I love Vincenzo Joseph. I think he's a super talent, but. Don't. Don't. Don't what? Listen. Do not <laughs> do tr- not diminish Vincenzo Joseph because he goes with these guys. He, did, he, he beats these guys. Have I? De- when did I diminish anyone? Eh, I felt like it was coming. I, there's no diminishing. I'm, I'm, uh, I would do nothing of this sort. Is 49 as, as good as 41? I don't know. It's top at the top, maybe a little tougher. It's definitely a little tougher. Um, so you have a limited ceiling for Chinzo, in my opinion, because I don't think he can beat a Sertzis. Or a Sorensen right now. Okay, then he can place third. I don't think he beats LeVon Mays either. He can beat... Oh, jeez. He can't. Okay. No, I'm not going to say can't. I don't think he would. I think LeVon big brothers him a little bit. I mean, I would... Vincenzo takes fourth at 149. And does Jimmy take fourth at 141? That's that's a trade-off. <sighs> he, he certainly could. He could make the finals. He was in the semis last year at a very tough weight. I, I just think, I, I think ultimately we're gonna look back and be like, okay. Well, yeah, right. This is all this is all um, a moot point if Jimmy Gullivan has, and and to a lesser extent Jordan. Well, here's Pilate what it is. Here, the NCAAs. Here's what it is. Zane's gonna go where Zane wants to go, uh, and I'm sure he he wants to go 49. So that's just it, right? Like he's gonna want to be a 49 pounder. I mean, I think that Zane Rutherford is – Zane's a freaking great kid, man. You tell Zane – if you told Zane he had to be a 25, he'd probably do it. I mean, Zane's going to do – I don't think that's true. Okay. I mean, if you told Zane he had to go 74, I, I have full confidence that Zane does what's best for the team. Zane, um, Zane has earned – what's best for the team is their, one of their best wrestlers to go where he feels best. That's well, what's best for the team. Okay. And well, don't – this is all speculation. We're oh. just we're just tallying. We're just tallying. I love the Penn State lineup. I think it's NCAA points. I think it's uh, it's it's looking really good. Corey Rashid's. You uh, love the Penn State lineup, but Oklahoma State jumped them this week in your rankings. They did. That's accurate. Um, that that was, I mean, they were close before. Yeah, I know. That's a product of the rankings. Yeah, but. yeah, but ultimately, Penn State is still my pick. They are my pick going into this year. Absolutely nothing has changed in my mind. I think they have the best team. Um, How about Bo though? Bo Nickel, yeah, he just just big. laying waste. Yeah, he pins Bryce Hammond. I mean, uh, honestly, I said it before to someone. Bo's gonna smash both these guys this weekend, and he did. Um, it, he's he's wrestling at a really high level. I mean, he's obviously in that title contending realm, right? Like, he is? it's undeniable. I think it's undeniable. Well, okay. Bo Jordan, Kyle yeah, Crusher, Bo, Bo Jordan. Butler, Epperly, who's already beat. I'll say a fine, uh, he's a finalist contender. I don't... Alex Meyer. So, yeah, I guess he's in there. You guess? I mean, he's already beaten Epperly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, not I... saying, I'm not saying I guess, like, I doubt him. I'm saying I guess, like, I'm looking at the weight, and yeah, yeah. he's... And now if Bo Jordan drops to 65, which is still, I believe, on the table, you know, potential mm-hmm. potential freshman champ there. But uh, a lot has to happen, and he's hot now. He's got to sustain it. He's got to build. There's going to be – guys are going to watch him more and uh, craft very specific game plans for him, and things will change. And, you know, he'll probably take some lumps along the way. Just That's just the nature of the Big Ten and this sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, you can't be anything but – feeling great about about your freshman 74 pounder so yes penn, sir penn state's looking good penn state's looking good that's the that's the takeaway here don't freak out uh about jimmy gulavon either penn state fans there's there's no need for all that he's gonna be fine um where to next brother um let's talk about some of the other individual i mean we guess we hit mckenna we and gulavon um mckenna now with two huge wins on the year he beat uh henderson now he beat gulavon um but Zeke Moisey, we didn't talk about Moisey Barlow McGee. Yeah, uh, Zeke, more and more, is kind of regressing back. I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Regressing or returning to the mean of who he was all last year. 
Um, a 15 to 20th-ish ranked guy all year, unseated at NCAAs. Um, beats some great guys. I'm not going to say caught fire. I don't know what the, you know, people get all bent out of shape if you, if you say a guy got hot. But, I mean, what, what do you want to call it? He beat Eddie Clamara, who I don't think he'd ever beaten. He beat Nashawn Garrett. He beat, you know, uh, Gilman. So it, it was a it was a tournament that was, frankly, out of character from what he had been that entire season. Albeit I mean, he looked right. talent, he looked good all year. But so I mean, Moisey's look, Moisey's my boy, right? Like he's from my neck of the woods, um, District Eleven, stand up, District Eleven, right? But um, his his year was off and on, and then he and then obviously the NCAA tournament he was on. So um, a loss isn't. I mean, as he's an NCAA finalist, right? But a loss isn't that surprising, right? No, no. I mean, this, I mean that's what we got into an argument, not an argument. We had a long debate internally with the flow people about who should be wrestler of the week, <laughs> um, and and Rashado had beat a couple guys that were ranked. Or and what do ranked. you know? All the Pennsylvania guys stood up for uh, for District 11's Mikey Rashado. Interesting, an interesting uh, nugget. I was on well, an island repping for Barlow McGee. Well, look, here on a rock a island, you can you can you can peel away the names and and what do you what do you pick? Do you pick one good win or you pick like three wins against ranked dish guys? Mm, I well, I pick it's perception, right? Where I viewed Barlow and where the country viewed Barlow compared to where we viewed Rashado coming in. That's that starting point for that wrestler matters too. So you can't just look at the wins. You have to look at where he came from. Um, and then to, to come down and beat an NCAA Finals as opposed to Mikey Rashado beating Cruz, who has been up and down his entire career, and beating Preston, who's been up and down his entire career. Um, so it just, uh, for me, it was Barlow all day. He majored in NCAA Finals. And you can say Zeke is um, flaky. Or whatever you want to call him, but he's reached a much higher level than Cruz or Preston ever have. Well, true. I'm just saying that he, for me, a he has lost in the past. Barlow McGee had one good win. I mean, two if you count Pichinini. I count Pichinini. Pichinini's already beaten Milhoff this year. Well, I mean, Rashado had three wins against guys that were technically higher than him. Congratulations. No, Rick Durzo's not. Um, Rick Durzo's also unranked. So, oh. t- so two. And whatever, whatever, Barlow McGee, I got your back. But there's a lot of little homerisms here, and um, you know we're, we're fighting, we're fighting the PA bias. Um, Who else? Who else had signature moments this weekend? Cody Brewer, Tech. jeez, Bruno. How about <laughs> Cody Brewer? Oklahoma in general. Oklahoma. What? Okay, I... listen. A week after we talk about Michigan potential trophy team, Oklahoma drives their borderline ranked self up to Michigan and kicks their teeth in. Oh my God, they kicked their butt from start to finish. It was. I mean, I could. I still am like, what just happened? Like yeah. Oklahoma. Listen, Oklahoma. Outside of Cody Brewer winning a title last year, they've. It's been hard times, right? Um, I don't think that's unhurt. Like. That's not a radical notion. That's just kind of what's been going on. And they looked great. I mean, Davion Jeffries, they pull his shirt. He beats Pantelio. Milhoff beats UT. Brewer majors uh, Bruno. Fisher beats Teeny in a a really what ended up being a good match. Jeffries comes from behind. Pantelio got the first takedown. Jeffries came from behind and got that. Um, Brian Murphy defaulted. Clark Glass beats Sutton. Matt Reed majored Devontae Mahomes. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> they were on a roll. That's a good. That's a, that's a so lot they were of really good results. Twenty three to three. Yeah, and that and it basically put the the meat out of reach pretty early. And I can't say so. All right, on the one hand, with a guy like Zeke, it was one tournament, and what what are we going to get moving forward? And then you can kind of on a, to a higher degree say something like that with Brewer, where NCAs was by far his best moment he had had in his entire career. But now he's taking that and he's continuing just to lay waste like he was at NCAAs. I mean, Tech following Rossi Bruno is no small feat. That guy doesn't give up a lot of points like that. And, man, Brewer, you know, he's he's a Hodge contender. Now, 
he's going to have to run a pretty tough gauntlet just because 33 is a really tough weight. But, man, if he keeps on like he's going, he's going to be tough to beat. But then you say that, and Geraldo had him down 6-2 early. Mm-hmm. But then he got I mean, for up. me, I don't know. For me, I wondered about Oklahoma. Uh, they just didn't perform the last couple of years like I thought they would. And now to see a team, the whole team, um, perform that well, um, maybe the it's pointed in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly – it, it would seem, I mean, Mark Cody is is regarded as one of the, the oh, best yeah. coaches in the country. Like what he did in American is is and was amazing. And oh, so, right. so you had you had to have like the utmost confidence when when Mark Cody goes to Oklahoma and you had heard every human that you talk to says Mark Cody is a stud, right? Right. Not like like a stud person and a stud coach. Um, Snyder wrestled. You know, I had a relationship with him. He tells me all the time that Cody's an awesome dude. I love them. Um, so when he goes to Ameri- from American to Oklahoma, you're like, wow, great hire by Oklahoma. This is going to be great. This is going to be really cool. And it just didn't seem like for whatever reason, I mean, had me scratching my head. I wonder why it's just not clicking. And now a duel like this, and you're like, here they go. Is this is this the start of them being what we thought they'd be. And maybe that's just impatience on my part and our part. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you just expect – I mean, it's not like he built American into what it was overnight. But at the same time, uh, it's like, well, Oklahoma is such a – I mean, comparing the American brand and the Oklahoma brand, it's like, you know, night and day. And just in the athletic realm, right, and resources for athletics. Um, so you feel like – you're going to start at a much higher place than, than he did at American. Now American's still a really, really tough program. But, you know, Oklahoma wasn't destitute. It wasn't on it on death's door. It was just, you know, coming off some slightly hard times. And it t- it's taken a while. And this doesn't mean that, you know, beating Michigan doesn't mean that they're now uh, a juggernaut in, in waiting. But it's, it's evidence that things are going in the right direction. And a coach that everyone regards as a great coach and leader – is, uh, you know, getting things working. Yep. But a lot of it, Willie, and you can speak to this, a lot of it is that they haven't been getting the, the big recruiting halls, have they? Uh, I think that they have been doing all right. Okay. I mean, they get a guy like Milhoff, a guy like Jeffries. They're tough. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the Dixons, triplets. Yeah, the, I mean, the Dixons – I think were solid, not spectacular. I mean, you had to think that the Dixons were going to be really solid. And that's, that's, yeah, that was kind of Cody's calling card. He would take guys that were, you know, not really big time recruits and turn them into, you know, Mike Cannon, Josh mm-hmm. Glenn, um, on and on and on. Borshaw. I mean, they, he took a lot of guys who were not bluest of the blue chips and and turned them into title contenders or, in Glenn's case, a, a national champion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I think they did get um, I think they did did fine in recruiting um, Clark Glass was a guy I was really solid I was really I mean I didn't know if he'd be a national title contender but I thought he'd be a solid solid starter and it didn't well, it wasn't encouraging the first couple of years now he, he's solid right yeah he's solid he's in the rankings and um, at, at 65 he, he, you can climb quickly there um, so yeah, yeah so, keep an eye on Oklahoma. Um, yeah, and we'll see. We'll see what they, how they continue to progress. Um, it was once again JoJo Smith kind of mm. making waves. Yo, this guy, he's ready. I mean, I think we kind of knew this to an extent that he might be the guy. Um, you know, he beats Blees and Chance. At, a, at an open, and then he comes here, he beats Cottrell, he beats Lavalle, who are both t- guys I think are super tough. I mean, Lavalle's crazy hard to score on, and Cottrell has looked great this year. For, so for him to really kind of dominate those matches really says a lot about Chance's readiness. And, you know, J- John Smith said it. We're going to wrestle our best lineup. So yeah, He said it, but I'll believe it when I see it. Oh, come on. Listen, there's there's no value to burning his shirt right now. No, I, mean, I know, I know, I know. So why you say, I mean, it's like, it's, in my mind, it's 
It's kind of for a, a formality, personally. Well, I think I know, but that's everybody is taking it as a foregone conclusion, and well, I'm just I'll, I'll just sit back and wait for it to happen. I'm not gonna. I don't know. You know, if if and when it happens, then it happens. Strong take, Willie. Strong take. Um, well, but, I mean, when when the whole thing went down with. You know, JoJo looks good, and Chance is struggling um, with stamina, and everybody was like, well, it's the last time, you know, we'll see Chance, and, and JoJo will be in the lineup. Well, okay. Uh, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. Okay. Think- yeah, I mean, I don't either. I mean, Chance will have opportunities. You know, he's going to have Tommy Gant uh, potentially here in a couple weeks. If he can yeah, do- I, I mean, I don't think that you – There could be tea leaves all over the place. You know, there could be indications. Well, yeah, you do this. JoJo looks great. Chance doesn't look great. I don't think anything will happen until after the scuffle. After the scuffle, that's exactly what I think. I'm not getting my. I'm not zeroing in on that situation until after the scuffle. Okay, don't zero in. I I think it's going to happen though. But JoJo looks great, and uh, that's that's all there is to it. Another uh, little tidbit, and this. You probably already know because it was all over flow last night. But Dylan Palacio withdrawing from Cornell. That's a pretty big hit um, to the Big Red. He was ranked 8th, I think, at 157. And for Cornell, you know, they've got they've got John J. Chavez. Um, and I think Simaz maybe is in the mix there at 57. So they're going to have someone solid, but he, not going to be Dylan. Yeah, um, we, we kind of had to wonder – what the situation was with Palacio and and Gray, and now we know Palacio for sure. Um, I'm not sure what the details are on that. Do you do you have any idea what that will do with his eligibility, Christian? I have no idea. I I mean I I'm still trying to figure it out because, like, first of all, Mark Gray's wrestled this year. By the way, it's not like we haven't seen him. Um, Palacio hasn't. I I don't know. I knew he had he had like hurt his shoulder at EIWAs and then he got appendicitis but for eligibility wise him withdrawing like can he withdraw and just come back next semester I, I don't know how any of that stuff works I don't know what we're going to see and out of I, that situation I don't know I'm not going to pretend to know I have no idea how this is going to affect his eligibility but he, uh, does the fact that he played varsity soccer filter uh, I mean he didn't this year so I don't know what it oh, matters he didn't? no he didn't play soccer this year so I don't know. I don't know what it means for Cornell. Um, they'll certainly miss him uh, in his performance, and and they're going to miss him this weekend, right? I mean, they have a duel with um, Nebraska, Nebraska, and Rutgers, and um, so yeah. Yeah, they could definitely use him against Tyler Berger, um, who's looking great. Another fab freshman for Nebraska. So that's going to be a great duel, actually. There's, we're going to get more into details that. Grapple at the Garden, of course, we're streaming live on Sunday. And Cornell, Nebraska, probably one of the feature bouts. But there's a lot of really solid, solid matches there. So things to look forward to. We'll see how the Cornell situation. As Cornell is a team that, you know, they're in that trophy contention mix if all things go right. But this is not a part of the things going right um, dynamic. Well, we'll talk about talk about them. This weekend, we already, you know, alluded to Cornell, Cornell, Nebraska, and, and Rutgers, Cornell. Um, what what are the best duels of the weekend, Christian? Uh, Cornell, Nebraska, obviously, is really good. Um, I'm looking forward to Cornell, Rutgers, Nebraska, Princeton. Princeton is is a team that is really, really coming on of late. And... Talk of, their recruiting has been great, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, they have recruited like no Princeton teams have ever recruited before they're 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 getting solid guys and they're getting a lot of them they're they they got really good depth for a Princeton team yeah and which is not not familiar territory for Princeton so they're doing a great job I mean a guy like Jonathan Schleifer he moved up away and I was like man why are you leaving 65 but he comes up he beats Cody Walters looking great of course I've been talking about a Bayala for a while Brett Harner is really good um, Jordan Laster is solid. So, and that's with a guy like Kaladzic. Sorry, I just hit the mic there. A guy like Kaladzic taking a gray shirt. You'll, they'll have him next year. Um, and Kaladzic just won. Matt Town. Matt Town. So uh, he's doing well. 
Yeah. And uh, so so big things. Is Ayala a senior? Yeah. He's a crazy story, right? He's a crazy story. Talk, I mean, he was like. Tell people about that, Willie. He was like JV at 145 or 152, uh, 160 in that range. At Blair. Um, at Blair Academy. And then he goes to Princeton. And, you know, I see him ranked at 84 and 97. And I'm like, <laughs> is this the same? There's. There's a, there's a guy with two names. There's a same. <laughs> there's two people named Abayala because that doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like the kid that was JV-ish for Blair at a middleweight would be nationally ranked at in, 197. At 197, and nope, it's the same guy. I mean, let's talk about work. You know, kid obviously put in his work. Yeah, no kidding. Build his body up to, and maybe that was part of it. Just getting getting bigger but you keep some of your your athletic skills and your quickness and he's been able to go up and he's he's a tough kid i mean he's up and down but i mean to go from i mean now blair academy's not your run-of-the-mill high school but right to, to not start there to be and then to be in the national spotlight in the national rankings is a pretty it's a leap it's a leap for sure so good things going on at princeton yeah they have a great staff they're recruiting well i mean they get, they're getting kids I forgot about um, Chris Perez. He's really tough too. They're getting kids a couple years out, right? Like they have like some 2017 recruits already. Uh, so a lot of good momentum things going. Sean Gray there. I, yeah. I I go back. You know, me and Sean Gray were we wrestled in duels against each other in high school. Always loved that guy, um, Chris Ayers. So they're doing they're Joe doing Dubuque. good, man. Joe yeah, yeah, they're doing great things. Absolutely. So good stuff going on. Love to see. Love to see programs like that. Good leadership, moving on up in the in the D one world. Where to next, Willie Sailor? As we coming up on eighteen minutes to go. Well, I, I just we're just looking over um, maybe the, the, the things that are going on this weekend. You know, obviously slower weekend because of uh, Thanksgiving. Um, Ohio State tonight wrestles um, Cleveland State. Uh, then we have a dual Friday. Oh, Okie State and out South Dakota. We're gonna you're gonna look at Okie State twice this week live on Flow. Um, Friday they're at South Dakota live, and then Sunday I think Brock is going up with me. Uh, Minnesota at Okie State. Ooh, so we'll get to see Pack Marsteller potentially if uh, both guys wrestle. So that'll be it. That, that here's like we said. Here's another opportunity for chance to prove himself that that he's uh, kind of belong. Now, are they going to use him? We don't know for sure. They could use Blease, or they've got certainly options. But uh, stay tuned to that situation live on Flow Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. These cats got to make way, but <laughs> golly. Um, so yeah, in Minnesota, yes. of course, that's a pretty good rivalry. Minnesota's down a little bit, but. We'll still have some good matches there. Heil Thorne, anyone? How do you feel about that one? Heil Thorne, anyone? What should we do for Whiteboard Wars this week? Um, I think Nebraska Cornell. But that... Nebraska Cornell. I just we just did Nebraska. Uh, oh, yeah. Someone we did Nebraska Lehigh. People are start saying that I'm a Nebraska Homer. Because you are though. Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing: if if it's the duel of the week that we should break down, then. That's what we should do. You could do you Oklahoma think, you State, think, Minnesota. You think that's the best duel? Uh, well, you tell me. You tell me, my friend. What that's should the, be whiteboard, whiteboard that, words this week, and I will do that. I would do that one. I would do uh, Nebraska Cornell. Um, okay. Th- so those are good duels. Okay. Do you want to talk good. about? Do you want to talk about what's been a thorn in your side? It's been a thorn in my side, and <laughs> this is something we've talked about before, right? Um. This is nothing new. But so we put up, and I think Bracky put this together, um, Chad Red, Cam Newton video of them um, doing a dance celebration. Well, it's called The Dab, right? That's that's hot, uh, in the, that's hot in the streets right now? The Dab, and then I think we <laughs> – I'm a little out of the loop. I, you know, we looked it up, and it's, I think it's called Hit Them Folks. Hit Them Folks. Okay, so Cam – Hits it against Tennessee, much to the chagrin of the Tennessee Titans, who are mad at him. Chad hits it after he wins who's number one. And insert 
fuddy-duddy comments on on these videos talking about it's a bad look for the sport. What do I tell my kids? Act like you've been there before. And I can't I can't stand this mindset that wrestling people have and really just the community in general has, not just maybe just outside of wrestling because a lot of people were hating on Cam. I'm like, wh- what is sport? What what is it? It's it's entertainment ultimately, right? Like isn't that what this is about? I mean, for the NFL, certainly that's the case. It's it's entertainment, but that is like the origin of sport. It's it's to entertain. Yeah, and, I mean, to me, it's like an old story. I mean, I anytime that there's personality, you know, we talked about it with with Iowa before. We talked about it at the high school level before. Anytime there's personality involved, um, anytime there's something <laughs> different. Uh, the traditionalists come out and poo-poo it, and it's like, get real, grow up, like, have a little variety in your life, you know? Yeah, I, I don't understand the stifling. The, it's like baseball-ish. Like, baseball is all about, like, stifling personality, and you can't look at your home run too long. And in wrestling, if you win, you just got to shake his hand and, and walk away. Why can't you celebrate a, a big win? I mean, and I'm not saying you have to win who's number one to get to celebrate or win the Olympics or NCAA. I mean, if you win your state tournament, it, I don't care if it's in Virginia or South. I mean, you should you should get to celebrate hard work and, and a big moment. And I don't understand why this is rubbing people the wrong way. And I, you know what? What gets me, too, is that um, <laughs> these kids, college, whatever, whatever, whatever level you're at. When you're the best, when you're when you're really good, do you know how hard it is to get to that level? Do you know how much time and effort there is? And and with that, I mean, there's pressure on these kids, right? There's like you're dialed in, you're focused, you got a lot of pressure on you, a lot of eyeballs on you, and then you win an NCAA title or a U.S. Open title, or who's number one, or Super 32, and you, for 10 seconds, let some emotion out, and then you get criticized? Give them give them 10 seconds to uh, decompress, right? To let the emotion out. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And the whole, what do I tell my kids? They're supposed to be... I mean, that's your problem, right? You had the kids... Right? It's not, yeah. it's not, it's not Chad Red's job to raise your kids. You, you tell them. If you don't think that's the right way, to, then that is your right. Okay? And if they look up to Chad Red, and if, God forbid, they dance uh, after they win a, a big match, I'm sorry. But it's really not the end of the world. And, Frank, I just, I don't, I'm not worried about your kids, you know? It's going to be fine. If the worst thing they do is, is like a guy that, that dances, um, I, I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, there's a, I mean, the elephant in the room. There's, there's a, in my opinion, there's, there's a racial dynamic there too, right? Mm-hmm. Like yes, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers does uh, a pelvic thrust and a belt reference. He gets a freaking commercial out of it. Okay. Yep. He's the man for the discount double check. Cam Newton does a dance. What do I tell my kids? What? Oh, they're showing them up. What? So what if he's showing them up? I mean, what? What's the big deal? It's it's right. sport. People take people get outraged over the most nonsensical stuff. I that's more of it than anything with me. You're really this is what upsets you. All the things going wrong in the world, and you're getting mad over celebration dances. That's what's getting you fired up in the morning. What do I tell my kids? I mean, um, so I think there is a a, a racial dynamic there. Um, yeah, I mean Jared Allen will do the lasso thing, like you know he tied up a calf, and that's cool, right? But when Joe Horn puts a cell phone in the goalpost, <laughs> that was a little ridiculous. What? Hey, what? That was what? hilarious. But when, when Terrell Owens pulls out a, a sharpie, that out was it, great. Sharpie was great. And I can't uh, stand Terrell Owens. Um, you know, I, it used to be fun. NFL used to be fun when. What are they gonna do next? What are they gonna do next? Chad Johnson, do it putting with the pylon and putting. Yeah, on the, they that, were creative. It was fun. 
Yeah. I, let's, can we not take ourselves so seriously with, with sport? And I get wrestling is serious and, um, you know, it's a, you know, it's very important to our lives, Willie and I specifically. But at the same time, let's just let personalities shine. Because I think ultimately. Nobody ever said, nobody ever said um, Reese Humphrey was out of line when he did. Oh, no. No. Nope. Right? Nope. That was that great. Was the break dancing was fine. Chad Red dances. Chad Red dances. What do I tell my kids? This is this is the end of the sport as we know it. This, oh. is, this is it. This is why we got oh, cut Lord. from the Olympics, guys. This is it. Now, that's not in the spirit of, of what wrestling is. Yeah. Give me a break. Brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. And we could we could spend an entire show on the hypocrisy of 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 the celebrations and what we what we're okay with and what we're not. And uh so yeah. I don't know. I wanted to get that off my chest. I don't know why. I was driving to the Wolfpack and it just like I just think and I like I just talk out loud for these long trips and I just went on a tirade about this and I was like, man, I'm pretty freaking fired up. Like I I was genuinely bothered that this was the stance that people were were taking. So I wanted to get off my chest and I appreciate you giving me a little space and it's funny, Willie. You and I were like so often regarded as like this odd couple and we're very different. And we are quite different, but I am very glad <laughs> Well I'm I'm glad that we disagree a lot, but I'm very I, I would respect you less if we disagreed on this topic. So I'm glad that we're we, we are we are, are like minded. What you got for me, Willie? Um. Well, what do we have coming up? I mean, we have some duels. Okay. Other than we talked about the duels that we have coming up and what's live this week. Um. Obviously, we have Thanksgiving. What do you make? Are you making anything for Thanksgiving? Are you cooking? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm more of an eater. Okay. Let's make. Why don't you make your? What's your ideal Thanksgiving plate? I don't football. I just want to watch football all day. Seriously? Come yeah. on. I just want to watch football. All right. Well, let me give y'all the CP plate. Okay, you gotta get, right. you gotta go turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, all in one section. Okay, all together, right? So that you get. What do you, the, what do you mean a section? You get this whole like you know, grandma brings the sec the sectioned uh, styrofoam plates. And you got the big section there, and then you You're got the You're throwing two. that all together on top of it. I'm throwing it all together. I'm trying this. That's how I do. Okay, you go turkey on the bottom, mashed potatoes and gravy on top, and it's just like this one. Every bite, you get a little bit of everything. Okay, that's in one section. You go pasta salad in the other one, green bean casserole in the other, pumpkin pie for the dessert, and then you just sit and watch the Cowboys lose every Thanksgiving. That's that's my favorite part of Thanksgiving. I don't know. I'm a big, um, I'm a big sweet potato yam. No, thank fam. you. you no, can, you can have my share. Yep. Don't, don't, can't do it. I, I love it. Um, and it, so I went to school in. Just, so there's a, the southern. I'm more southern now. You know, uh, I got some southern elements on my plate. One of which is pecan pie. Too sweet for me. You, get, you don't get down with pecan pie I don't either. Get so down. You got no sweet potatoes. You got no pecan pie. Well, I didn't know that pecan pie was like a big deal. And I went to I went to grad school at Kansas State for a while, and like pecan pie was like a big deal down there. And I was like, what is this all about? I've never had a pecan pie, and it is um, a baked plate of sugar with, <laughs> yeah. with nuts in it, but it is glorious. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like peanut butter pie as well. Peanut butter pie. What? Have you have never had peanut butter pie? I ain't never even heard of peanut butter. Stop pie. it! You're lying right now that America. <laughs> you've had no, peanut I, butter, Willie. You've I had don't peanut, know butter. What peanut butter pie. Is I I go pecan pie, and that's that's what I do. I, I'm, I'm not a sweets guy. Can I sneak I a, a piece of peanut butter pie through um, TSA so I can bring you a piece? Sure. To, when I come to Texas next month. Sure. I'm gonna try. So, so I go pecan pie, sweet potatoes. Um, you know what they have down here? Like they have it up there. They have it up north. Cream corn. You know what? Cream? Oh yeah, all day. Okay, so like they have it up north, but it is the like up north. It is rated G. Down here, the cream corn down here. Yeah, they don't play. Will make you change your belief system. <laughs> that good? It, it's glorious. 
And so, you know, that has to be on the plate. And I don't even – look, you can't even make it at home. You can make it at home, but you don't want to. You want to get it out somewhere. Does cream corn? I love – actually, I like baked corn also. I've, that's a little – have you ever had that? Like uh, It's just really no. sweet. It's like in almost like a bread pudding type thing. Just baked all this corn in. Man, we're getting we're getting are we talking about bread pudding on we're, this show? <laughs> yeah. It's Thanksgiving. It's a great time of year. Speaking sorry, of sorry for cutting weight and listening to this. That's just cruel. Why'd you bring that up, Willie? These guys are trying Cody Pack's out here trying to make weight for against Oklahoma State next week and we're talking about bread talking pudding. About, we're talking about bread pudding. Um <laughs> But what okay, so in the Thanksgiving theme, we're gonna have a um an article coming up what we're thankful for in the wrestling world everybody put um, a couple items in that'll come out thursday morning um we'll also have high school team rankings on wednesday um and, and some key dates in the season to follow you know what we haven't really publicized this a lot we haven't promoted it a lot but we have uh, an event this year called who's number one duels january 16th and um, we kind of got a late start on it, and you know the the teams we recruited for it. Um, and when, when I say recruit, I mean you know, hey, we're having this event. Would you like to come? We'd really like you to be a part of it. Um, we kind of got a late start of it, so uh, a lot of teams already had their schedule set. But at the end of the day, we were able to put an awesome, awesome field together. And that field includes four of the top five in the country. Dang. Who? The I don't, duels. I don't know nothing uh, about high school. So we got Blair Academy. Never heard of them. Um, Bergen Catholic is going to be really strong this year. Uh, you know, everybody knows the Sorianos and Griffith. The Griffith and Kevin Mulligan. Um, but up and down the lineup with, with newcomers. Uh, freshman in their lineup, Matt McKenzie is a guy everybody's talking about. Anyway, they're going to have a great lineup, top to bottom. So Blair Bergen Catholic, Clovis Perennial Powerhouse, um, Becca Ca- Bethlehem Catholic. So um, for the top five, that's January sixteenth at the Palestra. You should is go. Bla- is Blair the number one team in the country? Yeah, you know Blair and Wyoming Seminary. Um, are, are the two that other publications have one or two. Uh, some of them flip-flop, and it's rather academic uh, to start the season. I'm going to go with Blair, um, uh, but it's rather academic to start the season because they wrestle each other, you know, at Ironman the first week of the season. So It'll get uh, sorted out. Yeah and, and, yeah, and they'll see each other a couple times during the season. Wyoming Seminary couldn't come if, if Wyoming Seminary didn't have their – um, schedule already mapped out. Maybe we could have got them there, and it would have been five, all, all five of the top five. Dang. Um, um, so yeah, so it's gonna be. I'm gonna have Blair at the Walt Palestra. At the Palestra, that's a great, great venue. venue. Right? It's a great wrestling venue, very historic, and and uh, so I'm really excited about that. We haven't, you know, this is the first time we really mentioned it um, on a big stage. So yeah, we'll um, yeah, be looking for that, and and if you. Um, be looking for the rankings on Wednesday with with the key dates of the season, the high school uh, scheme of things. Um, I don't know. Did if did you listen to Tommy Rollins and, and Ben Askren's podcast? There's another. I rested, I listened to episode one. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, you couldn't have listened to any others because that was the only episode in the history of the show. <laughs> no, they did an episode two. <laughs> no, they did not. Sure, they did. They well, were... I mean, they it got they, it's done today. They got it done today, so of course you didn't. But that's going to be out on the <laughs> site. Um, Brock Height and and Mike Malinconico. I came up with that title, Malicious Intent. I'm, quite, I'm, quite, I'm quite proud of that. Um, that will be out later this week. Um, so yeah, that's the things we have coming out: high school team rankings, a couple podcasts, uh, and a couple this... other breaking news tidbits that that will. Uh... We'll yeah, there's try. another big story there that's coming out. So yeah, we. Uh, with that being said, Willie, it's it's time for us to bid adieu until after Thanksgiving. Um, we thank you guys so much for for tuning in as always. Um, we won't be doing this on Thanksgiving Day. 
um, spend that time with your families eating. I gave you the recommendations. I gave you the blueprint for a successful Thanksgiving. Don't get derailed by pecan pie, peanut butter, and pumpkin are where it's at. Trust me, you'll thank me later. Um, but I thank you for listening. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, giving us that five-star rating, and stay tuned. It's a busy weekend on Flow. It might be Thanksgiving, but we got a lot of live events going on, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks, guys.